going to be looking at a number of passages. And I'm going to give the microphone to Heather, because rather than her jumping up and down, she's going to be able to read from over there for us. All right, I want you to think and uh, put your brains into gear, if it hasn't already been into gear. And I want to ask you, what comes to your mind first and foremost when I say the word hospitality? What is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say hospitality? Mal. Food. Yep. Uh, what else? Friends. What else? Karen. Looking after others, caring for others. Great. Matt. Conversation. Excellent. Benny. Responsible service of alcohol. RSA. That's right. That's a, that's a good thing to have, isn't it? And you need an RSG these days as well uh, in the hospitality industry. Great words, aren't they? And I think uh, when I first uh, put my head into gear and I was thinking about this topic uh, for this week in our series on loving life, uh, they were a lot of the things that came into my head too. They were the what do we do answers, weren't they? Hospitality, what do we do? And then as I started reading, as I started to think about that and as I uh, spent time uh, contemplating hospitality and what the Bible says about hospitality, something else came to my mind that I think is even more important than what we do. How many of us, when we thought about hospitality, for, thought first and foremost about God or Jesus? No, we don't, don't we? We automatically jump to what we do, don't we? We go into the action mode. We jump across here because we can do something about that. But you know what? When we think about hospitality in the Bible, the big thing that jumps out at us is actually that we have a hospitable God. We have a hospitable God who welcomes strangers, sinners, lost people to him. We have a hospitable God who goes out of his way to bring people into his life or into his world and into his home. You see, if we go to what we do, first and foremost, we've actually missed the most important part. Because if we're just doing stuff, we're doing it because we think this is what we should be doing, but if we understand that it's not about what we do, but it's about who God is, then that changes things, doesn't it? It changes attitude. It changes perspective. Because suddenly we're not just doing stuff, but suddenly we're understanding who God is. And we understand who God is more, and that wells up from inside and becomes action. What I want to do for you this morning is in the first part is I want to actually come back and see how our God is a hospitable God and that actually that is the big picture of the whole of the Bible. That the big picture of the whole of the Bible is about a God who was, in, was hospitable to us right back in the beginning who had Adam and Eve together with him in fellowship with him in his home, in his house in a sense. Conversation, friends, eating with one another, to where that got lost 
to where when we get the picture of what heaven's going to be like, it's with our hospitable God welcoming us in. So we're going to look at the first, we're going to look at two passages that are going to help us see that a little bit more because I think as we understand that our God is hospitable, then we will see how we can be hospitable. Uh, Heather's going to read for us the first one and it's from Revelation chapter 19, verses 5 to 9. It's right at the back part of the Bible, so if you want to flick through and find it or it will be on the screen. Uh, And from chapter 19 through to the end of Revelation, we're getting this picture of what heaven is like. We're getting, uh, in a sense, the wrapping up uh, of what God's big story is and what it's going to end like. Uh, And this is a great picture at the bottom. It's not the only picture of heaven, by the way, but this is a great picture of what heaven is like for those that are going to be there. Uh, Heather, if you could read for us uh, through to verse 9, that'd be great. We're getting there. We'll get there. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the weddings of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous as acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding, supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. It's a great picture, isn't it? At the end of the gathering of all those that are gods together around the banquet table. Uh, When it talks about the her, the bride, that is us. Uh, It's God's people, it's uh, his church as they're gathered together around the banquet table uh, enjoying a huge banquet, a party with God in heaven. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Uh, And it's a picture of God being hospitable, isn't it? God set this table. God's the one that's brought us in. And God's the one that sits us down at this fantastic wedding. Uh, That's a picture of the wedding party that I was at in Tassie. Yes, it's sunny. And yes, it was hot. Uh, All those things are unusual in Tasmania at different times. Uh, But that was my cousin uh, getting married to Jonathan and Steph. And it was a wonderful wedding. And it was a beautiful wedding. It was gorgeous. Sunshine was there. And then we went back afterwards and had a huge banquet in his backyard. Uh, It had lights out all over the place and all over. It was beautiful. And they had one of the greatest meals, spit roast. You can't get much better than that, can you? Pork and beef, lots of salad, lots of food, three layers of cake. It was a wonderful banquet. It was a great time, a party time. That's the picture that we have here of God with us. Uh, Our hospitable God has brought us into that wedding, that wedding banquet. He's invited us in. And the really good news about God, when he invites us in and when we're there, he doesn't send us home. And we don't go home. Uh, We went home from that wedding uh, at about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. 
because it got too cold. We had to put puffer jackets on. Uh, that was just Karina and I. The rest of them stayed on for quite a while, but we thought it was cold. Uh, and we went home. But not at God's party. Not at God's wedding banquet. There's not a sense here that God sends you out, uh, that you leave, but God has hospitably brought you into his wedding banquet forever. He doesn't send you out and you don't go home. We had a great time in Tasmania. It was a wonderful time, but it was even better when we left. Uh, We had a great time with our family. We had a lovely time with our family. We spent two days with all of them at different stages. It's great. It was great when we were there. We left nicely, but if we had to stay much longer, you never know, do you? They say, don't they, that uh, family are like fish. They go off after three days. (laughs) We hit the two-day mark and we're out of there. And so it was good. But our God doesn't do that to us. We don't go off to him. He invites us in to be at his wedding banquet, at his party that's going to last for eternity. Friends, food and him. And Jesus and the Spirit. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? You see, that's our God. That's how he's hospitable to us. Even when we wanted to reject him and get away and say, no, 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 we live our life his way, he actually says, no, I want you in. I bring you in. You come in and you stay with me forever. You don't just have a couple of nights with me and take off. You're with me forever. That's how hospitable our God is. And he invites us into that, doesn't he? For me to go to the wedding of, uh, for Karina and I to go to our wedding of my cousin, we first of all had to have an invitation. Can't just turn up to a wedding. Uh, wedding crashes, they try, but they get kicked out pretty quickly, don't they? But if you've got an invitation and you've accepted that invitation, then you're in. And God does that for us too. I'm going to get Heather to come up and read John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14 and have a listen to God inviting us into his home for eternity. Him being hospitable to us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives, gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Such a great passage, isn't it? I mean, you could spend our whole morning just sitting and uh, thinking through all of that. 
But did you notice God's invitation in that? You see, we were kicked out of the garden because of our rebellion back in uh, Genesis chapter 1. Through the rest of the Old Testament was this sense of the people wanting to get back home, weren't they? They wanted to get back to the land, wanted to get back home, back into the presence of their hospitable God. Uh, But it couldn't happen and it didn't happen. And then in John chapter 1, we get this amazing opening up of the gates in a sense, opening up of the invitation to come and dwell with our hospitable God. And he invites us in through coming to dwell with us in Jesus. His invitation isn't a piece of paper. It doesn't come in the mail. His invitation is a person. It's Jesus. Nothing but Jesus. It's not religiousness. It's not uh, doing the right thing. It's not action. It's Jesus. It's wonderful, isn't it? Look at these verses. Read these again. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, the invitation is Jesus, but we need to accept that invitation. And when we accept the invitation of Jesus and take him, then we have the right to become children of God. We are actually brought into God's family. We are actually brought into his home, in a sense. If you read John chapter 14, what does Jesus say he goes to do? He goes to prepare a home for us. God's home. That's eternity. That's heaven. Where he invites us in to be in his hospitable home forever. It's a beautiful invitation, isn't it? To come and have a wedding banquet. To have a party with Jesus forever. That's our God. That's the God of the Bible. Our hospitable God. And when we understand that God is a hospitable God that Jesus is the one that demonstrates it and shows that and is the invitation for us and provides the gate for that to happen, to go and be there at that wedding banquet. And when we understand that, when we accept him and trust in him, then what does God want us to be? He wants us to be like him, doesn't he? If we want to be like him, then we, if God, our God is hospitable, then we are to be hospitable because our God is first. It's not the other way around. We don't be hospitable trying be right with God we're hospitable because we are right with God because that's what our God is like changes perspective doesn't it it's not about doing it's not about actions it's actually about living it out out of response to what God has done for us in him and in Jesus and as that we are then to be hospitable people You see, the Bible actually speaks lots about hospitality. And when you go through the New Testament, it's one of the major gifts that God says that we should have and that we should do. But all of it comes out of first and foremost because we have a a hospitable God ourselves and flows through into being hospitable people. And so as we go through the rest of the New Testament, we will see that God preaches out and he says that this is the way we should be because this is the way I am with you. I'm going to pick three quick verses for you and we're going to go through and just show you how God wants us to be hospitable people and how he wants us to live that out. Let's have a look at the first one. Oh, can you read that? That's probably a little bit small, isn't it? Can you read that? 
Uh, Romans 12 verses 9 to 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. That's a great verse, isn't it? We can almost stop there, wouldn't we? You see, hospitality actually comes out of loving one another. It's not about getting love. It's about loving one another. Uh, Honour one another above yourselves. We were talking about that the other day. That's a tough gig, isn't it? But it's a great thing to be doing. Uh, never be looking... Sorry. Only another, I'm not going to read this way because I can't read the way. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual further serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. That can be hard, can't it? Gail keeps telling me she keeps having to be more patient. There it is, Gail. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. The word actually could be pursue hospitality. What it means is that we need to be intentionally hospitable. That we are to be deliberately hospitable. That sometimes we don't want to be. But it actually is something that we need to put our minds to and decide to do. That we actually have to think, how am I going to do that? And think it through and put it into practice. To actually get out there and do. This is where the do happens, that we are to practice and pursue it. Now, I worked out that there are 21 meals a week, generally, if you only eat three times a day, if you're grazing, if you want to add morning tea and afternoon tea, yeah, you've almost doubled that, haven't you? And then supper, uh, we're up to 42 meals a day, uh, a week, you could have. How many of those are you sharing with other people who aren't your family? as in your blood family. You see, hospitality in the Bible, I'm going to talk about a little bit later, is not about having a meal with mum and dad and the kids, or you and your wife, your husband. It's about having meals and spending time with and opening your home up to people who aren't normally there. Now, I'm not going to tell you how much you should have. I'm not going to give you a formula. I'm going to say you should have at least three meals a week or 20 meals a week or one meal a week. But I am going to encourage you to think about it. To think about how many meals a week you're having with someone who's not your blood family and sharing it with them. Now, hospitality, we tend to think too, we think about hospitality as an industry. It's not an industry, it's a lifestyle. And the hospitality in the Bible is actually bringing people into your home. Now, those of you here who are introverts are going, Ah! I've already got too many people in my home now. It's just me, my wife, and a couple of kids. You're going to work that out with yourself, don't you? You may be an introvert, but that doesn't mean that you can't still practice hospitality within the confines of who God has made you. Practice hospitality. Pursue hospitality and do it without grumbling. Look at this one. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. Above all, love each other. Notice where it comes out of love, doesn't it? It's not out of duty. It's out of love. Deeply, because love covers a multitude of chins. So you can even have people you don't like much there. They've even maybe wronged you at times, but because it, love covers that. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Whew. 
I reckon that could be a statement for all of life, isn't it? Live life without grumbling. We love to grumble, don't we? Man, the wet weather, I'm pain with that. Oh man, it's too sunny, we're not getting enough rain. Oh man, it's just too hot. Oh dear, it's too cold. Oh dear, the surf's not good. Oh man, I don't like that person over there. They don't, I don't like the next door neighbour. They put their music on at the wrong time of the day. Oh, I don't like the fact I've got to drive to Lismore over those potholes. We can grumble over everything, can't we? We can be a bunch of grumblers. I reckon Aussies are really good at grumbling. We need a countercultural guys. We need to be non-grumblers. No more grumbling about anything. All right? Doesn't mean you can't have concerns and you can't bring up issues and stuff. But don't grumble about people or stuff. And don't grumble about hospitality. Don't go, oh, darling, look. You can't have those people over tonight. The place is a mess. We can't have people come into our house like that. Oh, no, don't invite them over. They've got kids and they never put their toys away. Oh, come on, the footy's on tonight. You know, the Broncos are going to get beaten by the storm again or, you know, someone's going to... Yeah, no, no, no praise in God for that one. (laughs) We can do it, can't we? Don't bring them over, really. I've got to listen to the same stories over and over again. Offer hospitality without grumbling. It's a great challenge, isn't it? Pursue hospitality, practice hospitality without grumbling... And don't forget to do it. Keep on loving one another's brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. That's a reference back to Abraham, particularly how he, uh, angels came to him and he welcomed them into his home. Uh, he looked, they just looked like humans and he welcomed them in. Uh, it's a reference back to that and that that could possibly happen again. But the most important part about this verse for us this morning is those two, three words back at, near the beginning there, that second sentence that says, do not forget to show hospitality. Because we can get out of the practice, we can get into the grumbling, and then we can stop doing, and then we can start to forget to show hospitality. Because you, 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 and me are extremely selfish people when it comes down to it. I don't know about you, but. Uh, You've probably worked out. Gravity is an amazing force, isn't it? Gravity pulls everything to the centre of the earth. Basically, that's what happens. Gravity pulls everything back and into the centre of everything. To actually get out of the gravity, to get away from the pull of gravity, it requires a huge amount of energy and boosters such as uh, the rockets on uh, this pl- uh, thing. I forgot, space shuttle here. To get that lifted off, to get that up and out, there is a huge amount of energy to take it out of the atmosphere and to break gravity. You and I have an amazing, huge gravity pull back into self, back into here. It takes a huge amount of input and boost to drive it out. But the good news, we have that in the spirit, don't we? God's spirit is within us. We have more boost and more power than anything that that rocket's got within us to expel self out and drive us out and boost us out into the community, out there and offer hospitality and bring people in. 
So let me encourage you not to forget it. Don't get sucked into that gravity pool of self. But pray to the Spirit to drive you out and drive us out to bring people in so that we pursue and practice hospitality, that we do it not grumbling and we drive out and not forget. Because imagine if God didn't practice hospitality and said, ah, I'm not going to send Jesus. Imagine if he just grumbled at us and said, oh, they're a write-off. Those people, they just drive me crazy all the time. But he sent Jesus. Jesus was in the Trinity together with God and God sent him, imagine that, separate, sent him to be here on earth with us and to die so that we could live with him forever, so that we could be in his hospitable home forever. That is an expulsive force, isn't it? And now he says that force is within us through his spirit to enable us to be that type of person, to be a hospitable person. Because as I said before, this is not a program. This is not a committee. We don't set up a hospitality committee and say, okay, guys, you organise the hospitality. Uh, We don't have one person set aside and say, okay, you're the hospitality person, you organise it for us. Uh, We don't just set up a day. We don't say, okay, we're going to have hospitality day today. Uh, Okay, we'll do it once. Great, we've done it. We've ticked the box. I can't have to be hospitable for the rest of the year. That's not it, is it? The scriptures are not like that. You know, Jesus didn't come to set up a committee. He didn't go set up and appoint people to different things to do stuff. He actually came and ate with people and then sent people. And we're supposed to be like Jesus, aren't we? You see, hospitality is not to show off what we have, but to demonstrate who we follow. You see, all of our life, when it's saturated by Jesus, is to be a picture of how great our God is. We don't bring people into our home to show them what our home looks like, to show them the nice tableware, to show them how good we cook, to show them the view that we have. All those can be nice, don't get me wrong. But we invite people into our home so they get a picture of Jesus. That's what we invite them into our home for. And that's so much more exciting, isn't it? Who cares about the view? I tell you what, people who live on the hill, I'm not going to characterise anyone here, but how many times do you actually look at your view? We, we, we look at it, it's amazing, it's wonderful, but then we get used to it, don't we? And we back off and we think, oh, that's really nice. But we can't not get more and more amazed by looking at Jesus. That's what we want to invite people into. To see him. There's a couple of quotes uh, from a guy called Tim Chester. Some of you know him. He wrote the book uh, Total Church that we read a number of years ago. And he's written a book called A Meal with Jesus. And I thought these two quotes are really good. Jesus didn't run projects, establish ministries or put on events. He ate meals. Do you know who do all the other things? Church. We've set up all this stuff to try and enable people to do this stuff and we've forgotten actually that's not, that's not the basis for it in the first place. That was never the way God set it up. That's man-made. Jesus showed us how to do it. He sat, he did life with people, he ate meals with people and then he sent them out. 
to go and do the same. How about this? The focus of entertaining is impressing others. The focus of true hospitality is serving others. They're good quotes, aren't they? You might want to chase up that book somewhere and have a read of it. It's worth a read. You see, hospitality is an extension of the gospel. Extending hospitality to others is a profound gospel witness to the love of Christ and how he welcomes us. Hospitality is a picture of our God. Hospitality is a picture of the gospel in Jesus. Hospitality is showing how great our God is and how wonderful he is and wanting to invite people into his home. We do that on a similar basis, on a symbolic basis ourselves when we invite people into our home. We talk about symbolism, don't we? And symbolism, uh, we, we talk about baptism as a symbol of, of what Jesus has done for us in our lives. We talk about Holy Communion as a symbol of what Jesus has done for us uh, in his life. And hospitality is a symbol of what God does to us on the big picture of inviting us into his home. Now some of you will be saying, well, that's a good idea, Paul, to do this hospitality thing, uh, but... I don't want to invite all those weird people into my house. I don't want to invite the hitchhiker off the road into my house. Because that's what the biblical picture is. The biblical picture of hospitality, uh, back in those days, they didn't have the Sheraton uh, Hotel Group or the Acor Hotel Group or the Trump, thank goodness, Hotel Group. They didn't have them back then. And so when people travelled and people moved, they relied on hospitality. They relied on people opening up their homes for them to stay overnight and when the gospel went out and when they sent out Christians all around the world uh, to go and take the good news of Jesus, they relied on people opening up their homes for them to stay, to eat and then be sent on their way again. And so back then they had three common rules that was known about hospitality. And so when the Bible talks about hospitality, this sits in the background. This was already known, this is already accepted and so this is what they put into practice when they did their hospitality. And the first one was this. They had three tests that they did with their hospitality or three guidelines, three rules. First one is to test the person. You don't just invite anyone in to your home without knowing firstly who they are. So there is a sense of being careful of danger, isn't there? But what they did, they see whether there was danger personally to them, danger to their family, uh, physically but also spiritually so you'll see later on in the gospels that uh, Paul says don't let these heretics into your house so there is a there is a, a set base that we do need to be generally wisdom careful about who we invite in now some of you are, are able to have that broader some of you might have that a little bit narrower some of you might be able to invite the hitchhiker in and have them stay with so you might find that a little bit difficult, but neither of it should stop us doing it. Uh, the second one is a stranger who came into the home. It was well known that they took on the roles and the customs and they ate the way that the people were there, they ate the food that was there. Uh, they didn't try to impose their customs on the house that they went into. And thirdly, then the stranger would leave either as a friend or an enemy. I thought they were good for us to keep in mind, wasn't it? As we think about this hospitality, as we think about our God being hospitable, us being hospitable people, having a lifestyle that's hospitable, that we realise that in biblical times there were still some wisdom parts to it. It wasn't just carte blanche, it wasn't just completely open up, but it was probably a lot more open than what we think about. 
hospitable lifestyle is a lifestyle that demonstrates that our God is hospitable. And that's why we should be hospitable. Practice and pursue hospitality. Not grudgingly, not begrudgingly, not complaining about it. And don't forget it, guys. Don't sit back and think, oh, I've done enough this week or I've done enough this month or I've done enough and then get out of the habit of it and not do it at all. Don't forget. Because our God hasn't forgotten about you. Our God has a huge banquet and party waiting for you. For all those that received Jesus, there is a banquet awaiting. So as our God is hospitable, we're to be hospitable people. And hospitality is not to show what we have, but to demonstrate who we follow. Because in the end, hospitality is a picture of our God. It's a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of the God who hospitably welcomes us into his home forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for this morning. Uh, We thank you for your word. We thank you that... You are a hospitable God who has brought us into your family forever. Lord, may we never forget that. May we not be begrudging of that. And may we, Lord, help to practice that out in living a lifestyle of hospitality to those that you've placed around us. Lord, give us eyes, give us ears, give us hearts to see those people around us who... Uh, need to be invited into those around us that we can encourage and build up to those around us that we can invite into our homes so that they may get to see Jesus. By your spirit, Lord, drive out that selfishness within us. Expel it from our lives, Lord, and give us your heart and your eyes and your hospitality, Lord. Father, we can't do it by ourselves. We can only do it by you and the power that you have in your spirit, Lord. And we ask and pray, Lord, that you'll do a mighty work in our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.